Welcome back to the Fame Factor. I'm Aaron. And I'm Devereaux. And this is episode number 197. Paul is gone this week, so Devereaux filled in for him. So please welcome him with open arms. And uh, thank you for joining us on the Fame Factor on their new set. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get right into this episode, if you will. So... Sharks, uh, we're not going to go through too much of these games because some of them are pretty bad, but uh, they went into Toronto after playing Toronto at home, went to Toronto and uh, did not fare so well, losing seven to one in this game. It was pretty, pretty ugly. They pretty much got outplayed, out hustled and dominated at the national level here. Um, did you get to watch any of this game at all? Uh, only the highlights. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was basically Toronto highlights. Yeah. One minute, there was enough. I, I got I got the gist <laughs> of what happened. Yeah. Nothing, nothing more to see. Yeah. It's it's too bad. Toronto, usually when the, the Sharks go into Toronto, Montreal, they do that whole gauntlet in that northeast corner. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of family and, and friends, and a lot of them are, are buying up a lot of seats and, and have it. And they usually play better in front of their family and friends, but this one, not so much. It was too much for them. <laughs> <laughs> a bit much. <laughs> Uh, Capo Kakinen, I believe, got pulled in this game. He's been playing pretty well as late, but uh, this game was just not his cup of tea. And Blackwood came in and did a little better, but not much. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard when you're giving up that many goals and the team is just not playing in front of you. Well, yeah, at that point, I mean, it's a lot a lot to expect. You're just coming in. The, it was already off the track by then. Yeah. Um, let's take some comments here. We had a really good comment here. Peter St. John. Also, thank you, Peter St. John. For the ten dollars, you actually gave it to us before we went on the air. But uh, he has a friend that is a math person here, and I'm going to read through this because it's kind of long. But um, let's see where it starts here. We got uh, oh, where is it? Did it go? Um, oh no, oh no, you got it. All right, we're currently on pace to get. 0.512 points per game. If the season ended up that way, we would post the third worst points per game shark season ever. Only the two Calus Palace days or years would be worse. Season one was pretty close to our current mark at 0.487 points per game. Fortunately, we are probably safe from equaling the historically bad season two at 0.285 points per game. That's brutal. That 95-96 season isn't looking all that bad now, and the single Alsim season is blowing the current team away with their 0.756 points per game finish. That Al Sims year was pretty bad. I remember that. That was, I, that's when I was really becoming a Sharks fan. The the ninety three ninety four season when they first made the playoffs, they had yep. Igor Larionov, Sergey yes. Makarov, Sanders Ozilinch, yes. all these guys that as Urbe couldn't can't forget Urbe. Artis Urbe. Um, the Sharks just squeaked into playoffs that year. They had I think close to a losing record, if not a losing record, if I remember correctly. Wow. And they just get in the playoffs and they upset the Detroit Red Wings yep. in seven games. We had the great Jamie Baker was on our show a couple years ago, which I'll mention him again later. You should go back and check out that uh, interview of ours that we had with him here in this. Not this exact set because this is brand new, but a lot of the same pieces from the set. The same vicinity. Yeah, we're using that. He was sitting right where you are right now, actually. It's pretty amazing. You're sitting in, in a royalty area. First uh, Paul, then Jamie Baker, now me. Yeah, perfect. Can't, can't get any better than that. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here, but that was when I really became a fan, I think, because the Cow Palace days, I mean, I was only, how old, how old were we then? 91, 92? I was uh, not even 10. I was like nine years old. San Francisco seems so far away from San Jose that the Cow Palace might as well have been another state. Yeah. So I went to one game as a kid, but once it came into San Jose, it was the first and only professional team in San Jose, really. Yeah. And the, the, 
I forget what it's called then. I guess the San Jose Arena was was close. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that far away, so it was easy to get to and went to more games. So that's when I really started to become a big fan and then making the playoffs, obviously, and upsetting the Detroit Red Wings. Who, they hated Yes, Detroit. absolutely. There's so much, <laughs> such a, a great rivalry right there. Um, but anyway, so they made playoffs that year, 93, 94, 94, 95 was a shortened season, and they made playoffs mm-hmm. then because of the lockout. And then the year after that, I think, was that first Alston's year, and it was horrendous. The, the hockey was bad, and it sucked because that was the first time I'd really watched the Sharks and go, wow, they're really not good. <laughs> this is hard. And this is rivaling that. Now, this team is, they're, they're young. There's a lot of injuries. We kind of knew that going into the season. I honestly didn't think they would be this bad. I thought they would have been a little bit better. However, I did think that Couture was going to be playing at this point. And it's, we're past the halfway point of the season. And he still hasn't suited up for a game yet. I also didn't anticipate them, you know, being world beaters, President's Cup, you know, anything like that. But I did think with the mix of the young and the veterans that the team would perform better. Yeah. And they, you, they just have it. Something, right? Something so, better than this. Or even just show some fight or some, you know, some signs of life here in some of these games. Granted, you're not going to win on skill. You're only going to win on hard work because the team is just not skilled enough, especially when you have, I mean, Couture is their number two center behind Hurdle. He's not, he hasn't played a game yet. So that's, it's tough. It's hard to fill that void. It's not like you can just find a player on free agency and plug it in right there. They've looked. Yeah, they have. They have. Or even, even pulling up a young guy who's not quite ready, like Will Smith is still not signed with the Sharks because he's still playing at Boston. Mm-hmm. But um, you just don't have that person there yet. It's coming, just not yet. And that's what the Sharks have asked their fans to do, which be patient. Yeah. Be patient. We're working on it. We're working on it. Trust the process. We're exactly. We're will. working on it. Right. We're working on it. Things are in motion. You don't see all the progress we're making behind the scenes. We just hope to see it on the ice, and we haven't. Um, but that was only one game. We can get to the next game. Right. Yes. Yeah, we'll go to the next game. So that was the... Oh, and I got a tweet here from Darren Stevens. Now, if you don't follow Darren Stevens on, I'm going to keep calling it Twitter because I just refuse to call it X. If you, you should follow Darren Stevens if you're a Sharks fan because he gives out some great tidbits and great little fun facts here um, in perfect tweet form. So Darren Stevens tweet here is uh, Sharks were outshot 16 to 5, shot attempts 34 to 11 in favor of the Leafs, held tough for 16 plus minutes, then allowed goals less than a minute apart for an NHL high 11th time this season. Now, I I took that tweet because watching a lot of games this season, I felt like the Sharks were always giving up multiple goals at a time. So they get a goal scored on them. That next shift should always be the the a tougher shift and you fighting to get a goal back. And they seem to be scored on again on the shift right after a goal. And it's devastating to a team when your team is not scoring goals. This mm-hmm. team is the least amount of goals scored in the NHL. They, have, they just don't have the firepower. And you give up two within, let's say, a minute and a half, two shifts. It's brutal. It's backbreaking. It's like trying to climb a mountain and then an Everest, man. Like, you yeah. know, it just keeps getting harder and harder. You just, oh, wow, we have to climb that now? Nope. Um, it does seem like, like you were saying, it does seem like they would give up goals in bunches where it'd just be like, here's one. Oh, another one's definitely going to come. They're going to give up a second one. And we haven't really seen that fight back, like you were saying, that, that shift in terms of, okay, we really have to buckle down now. We're up against it. We can't let in another one. And then it seems like they would always let in another one. Yeah. Always. It's brutal. It, it's just, it's, um, 
it's devastating as a fan to kind of watch too because it's just like they score a goal against the sharks and you're like okay the next shift you're like you're, you're Maybe. expecting you're another one yes. right like you're just like okay the floodgates are just opening now yeah. like like blackwood or kakinen you're like oh they're actually playing really well they're making some really good saves they're keeping the sharks in it they have chance in this game and then floodgates open it's mm-hmm. like oh this is and a lot of the times these goals are not the goalie's fault either it, it's i agree the team overall team defense are just letting them down and and they're almost like tapping goals or just goals that they just don't have a chance on giving up those little pockets of space where you would think someone should be there <laughs> if the opponent's there i think um someone should be marking him yeah wide open as drew amanda likes to say head on a swivel <laughs> yes you got to keep your head on a swivel and looking around not watching the puck but not watching, watching the player and and man marking essentially um, but just real fast. Yeah. So the Sharks are leading the league in something you're saying. <laughs> They're leading the league in a lot of things they don't want to be leading in. Yes. That's one of them. I have another Darren Seaman suite later that's okay. going to be okay. not as good um, or not as not as bad. I don't know. I don't know. However you look not at it. positive? Um, the Sharks are tanking very well this season and Celebrini is looking like, I don't want to say a slam dunk. It's a 25% slam dunk. Which is not very. High. Are we getting to this now? Do you want to do? Are we doing this now? No, right? we'll, we'll okay. get to it. Okay. We'll get to it. Okay. Uh, let's just move on because they did snap the thirteen. Was it thirteen or twelve? Uh, I forget what it is. Twelve. 12. Their twelve-game losing streak. Uh, they go into Montreal and they beat Montreal. Now this game was hilarious because um, in the standings, Montreal has as many regulation wins as the Sharks. <laughs> after the Sharks beat them, eight. Wow. Eight regulation wins. It's not much. However. Montreal, I'm going to pull up the standings here, um, have now have 20 more points than the Sharks do in the standings. Because they go to overtime and they go to... Yeah, they get the loser point. The loser point is why it's possible. There you go. So they're... Let me go back to where it is. Their regulations... Oh, it's now nine. So they have one more because they won tonight. Up to date. So uh, nine to eight regulation wins. It's also nine is how much Chicago and Columbus have. To put into perspective how bad Montreal is doing. Um, But they have 14. So they have an additional five uh, overtime wins. Okay. Then they have another four shootout wins. They're four and four in the shootout. So they go to overtime a lot. All the time. A lot. That's why they're 20 (laughs) points higher in the standings than the Sharks. But if you think about regulation wins, this is what I want to change. And I I talked about this with Paul and I talked about on the show a lot. Changing more of a soccer format. Three okay. points for a regulation win, two points for a shootout or overtime win, and then the loser, we keep the loser point. So the shootout loss or overtime loss is still one point. So every game has three points. Always. Yes. Always. Keeping consistent. There's three points. Consistent. Yes. So three points are up for grabs every night. I think that would make it even more exciting when it comes down the line of teams trying to make the playoffs. They're a bubble team, right? Okay. And they're trying to make the playoffs. They got to go for those three points. All the time. They need to win in regulation. The so time. they're going to maybe even in a tie game, pull their goalie. Go for that extra. Yes. Exactly. That extra to, point. To get that extra point in regulation. Um, it would be exciting. Anyway, uh, let's look at some comments here. Hi, everyone from Debbie Smith. Hello, Debbie. Um, and she said, I'm so young. Shh, that's great. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, Grandizer says, welcome, Devereaux. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um and uh, Peter St. John, exactly, boys. That's typically what NHL teams do. After they give up a goal, the other teams pushes back. Even if they don't score, it creates pressure. And that's what the Sharks are not doing after they get scored on. The other team comes back and, and scores on them again. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Debbie has a 
don't know if it's called, if it's a bet, an agreement, a an agreement. <laughs> if the sharks go on a Debbie, you're gonna have to remind me here. I can't remember what it is. Three game win streak. She's gonna make cookies for us on the show. For us, yes. Here, okay. she's gonna put them, plop them. Right down in the middle. Okay, just making sure that since yes. I'm here now, I can partake of these cookies. Yes, not not today. No, no, no not right. today. Not just um, but anyway, she'll, she'll remind me what it is again. Or Three if games? they go on a 15 game losing streak, I can't remember because then you're gonna need. Well, they were at 12 <laughs> games the other day. It was close. <laughs> we're like, oh my gosh, how many? 15. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So I was saying that the Sharks, there will be a three game winning streak at some point this season. When? I think when Couture comes back. Before the trade deadline, so before they start getting rid of players, okay. Couture's going to be coming back hopefully this week, maybe next week. It's, okay. it's hopeful. He went on the road trip with them, but they just announced that there's two more games on the road trip that he won't be playing in them. So he went on the road trip in the hopes that he would be ready, but they didn't get enough practice in for him okay. to feel comfortable going yet. So they're holding off. So it's possible that next week in their homestand that he could be playing. Okay. We'll see. Okay. But having him back, a couple other players... It's possible the Sharks could get a little streak going here. Three wins. Do you think they could string three wins together? And I'm going to, I'll be generous. I'll include overtime. Oh, okay. I don't want to, I I hate shootouts. Shootout wins are so dumb. I'm not going to count shootout wins. (laughs) Okay. Overtime Uh, only. What was the Sharks record with those shootouts? eh? (laughs) Oh, and three. I don't like them either. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't like those either. Yep. Um, Now, are you saying three wins for their next three games? No, 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 no. Okay. No. At, At any some point. point between now and the end of the season, you know there what? will be a three-game I, I think there will. I think there will be. They've got to catch something, right? Something. A puck has to bounce in. There's a exactly. win. A puck doesn't go in. That's another win. It's funny you should say that. The puck luck, PDO is a stat that they use. It's kind of a puck luck in a way. So you have the mean of the league and goals for expected yeah, and whatever. And so the Sharks are so far down their goals expected are higher than what they're actually scoring, which means their luck is kind of terrible. So it should bounce back because it's essentially a it's a mathematic way of looking at luck in a way, puck luck, if you will. And they're so bad that it's supposed to eventually even out. Like you should get closer to the mean, not be so far from it. That makes sense. They can't keep this historic run, right? Right. Okay, three Maybe. wins. Three wins. Maybe. It's happening. Three wins in a row is happening. Because Matt told us so. <laughs> Grandizer, when is Sturm due back? Sturm is another one coming back as a big, okay. big, uh, he was the fourth line center, sometimes third line center, depending on other injuries. But uh, he solidified that team. And he's a guy that uh, works his tail off on every shift. He's one of those guys. So him, Matt Benning was another one Matt that Benning. Greer went out and got. He's just, uh, they announced last week he's out for the season with hip surgery. So he'll be back for the start of next season, but he's gone. Okay. So Matt Benning, Sturm, and um, there's another guy that was out there. I, I would say, I would say Cunning, but I don't think that's right because he came for a trade. But regardless, um, this guy works his tail off every shift, and it's something that the other Sharks players will see. And when you're playing a game like that, and you see someone working their butt off, that makes you want to work harder. When you see someone else slacking, and even if the coach doesn't catch it. And the it players let go, right? The players know. They'll know. And the coach doesn't kind of clamp down on it because they can't watch everything. everything, right? Every single player on the ice at all times. Um, it's It seeps in to everyone else's play. When you see everyone else working hard, you're going to work hard. Higher accountability. Exactly. It takes care of itself in a way, right? The players govern themselves mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, 
Sturm coming back will be huge. And I believe he's coming back also in the next week or two because he had, I think it was wrist surgery. And he takes a lot of face-offs. He was okay. he was good in the face-off circle. So I think he was getting whacked too much mm. on his wrist. Yeah. yeah. And it was uh it was a nagging injury that eventually he couldn't he couldn't keep playing. And they said, you know what, this season's done. Get the surgery, get it done, get healthy. Don't come back until you're fully healthy. Same with Couture. Don't come back until you're fully healthy. There's no reason to rush. So he's another guy that's gonna be coming back. So imagine having Couture and Sturm join the lineup and, and centers help the team defense a lot. Mm. We have two NHL caliber centers coming back and not relying on a rookie or someone that's playing higher in the lineup than they should. Yeah. Things should get better. That's what I'm saying. The Sharks are going to get better. There is help on the way. It's coming. But, okay. you know, not, not to like make playoffs, but not be historically abysmal. Yes. Worse than the Cow Palace days. I just, I can't imagine ever going back to that. It doesn't even seem possible. But I here we are. But yeah, here we are. I never thought that would be possible. I never thought I'd be on this show talking about this stuff. <laughs> when we started the show, they were going to the conference finals, beating Vegas in seven games, Ooh. And getting oh, Eric Carlson and being excited about it. Just, EK6. oh man, just crazy. Um, anyway. <laughs> on to Ottawa. It'll get better. On to Ottawa, yes. <laughs> Not right now, but okay. Not now. <laughs> Leaving Montreal on a high note because they won and they, and they, whatever. They take that going to Ottawa. I thought they played, they started off bad, but then they came back and they stormed back and it was a back and forth game. They ended up tying the game up with three minutes and four seconds left. So now you're thinking, okay, they got momentum. Here we go. Zadina ties it. What happens? Um, well, what we see happen with the Sharks, uh, quite frequently score a goal. Don't capitalize on the momentum, get lax, and they lose in heartbreaking fashion with like three seconds left. Technically 4.1. 4.1? Yes. Okay, Beca- only because they added time on the clock. Okay. So it was three I seconds. thought I saw yes. <laughs> it was three something. It was. It was. You're right. But then they they go, when it's that close, they go to the exact tenth of Got a second okay. after the replay. Um, it's crazy. It, it, they can't catch a break. And, and it was also reviewed. Um, the goal was reviewed because yeah. it was Tarasenko scored. Tarasenko pushes off the Sharks defender who runs into our goalie, runs into, I think it was Blackwood. Yes. Kind of takes him out of position. So and the, the rebound wi- goes wide right open. to Tarasenko, wide open. Wide open. Eh, tap it in. Yep. Goal. He's the hero. I, I don't, I don't know if it's interference. I mean, goalie interference is one of those things that is really hard to have a black and white, like decision on because there's so many different factors to it. Um, to me, I feel like if the Sharks scored a goal like this, where they pushed the defender into the goalie and took him out, Say they would have called it back. They would have said no goal. Yes. This time it goes the other way. And it. I'm not saying I'm not putting a tinfoil hat on. I'm not saying the referees are against the Sharks. A lot of people are saying that. No, I don't, really, I don't think that's it. I think it was too close to kind of call it. It was called a goal on the ice. If it was the other way around, I think it would not have been reversed. Like if they said, if they called it off and said, no goal, goal interference, let's go to the review. It wouldn't be enough to overturn it and say it was a goal. I think it was kind of one of those situations. I see what you're saying. So what you're really saying also is the math is still going against. Yes. The, okay. Yes. Once <laughs> We're again, not there yet. We're not the bounce there yet. going the wrong and way. No. Yes. No goal. Yes. No win, actually. 
Yes. But there was one positive in that game. Vlasic. Scores his very first goal. Of the he season. got a goal. About time. I think it made it 2-2, I think. That's... I think that was the... E- I think that was the equalizer when it was two. I think it was two. I think they were losing two to one or one to two. And then they score. Yes. He tied it to make it two. And he was like, when I saw that play, because Duclair's on the right wing, and then it's like he's passing. I'm like, who who's he passing it to? Yeah. And it's Vlasic. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not used to I can't even remember the last time I saw Vlasic in that position yep. when it wasn't like, okay, throw the kitchen sink. We need a goal. Just during the flow of the game, he's just like, okay, I'll just step up here. Yeah. Snipe this. Let's go. Yeah. I think it was a two-on-one break going the other way. Yeah. They threw it to Declare, who was kind of a little too wide at that point. To yeah. It. And he just plays it right back in yeah. the middle. Vlasic comes right up the slot and buries it for once. Right? What? I, it's crazy. I, I was looking because I remember looking at the Sharks stats and going, okay, goal scores. There's not a lot of goal scores, especially from the blue line this season. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, Vlasic was one of the players, one of the few players that didn't have a goal this year. Now, on the Sharks roster, Jan Ruta, Kyle Burrows, Ruta still. Benning, who's out for the season, so he's obviously not going to score, and Scott Sabrin, who's just been getting into the lineup, um, uh, are the only Sharks currently without a goal okay. on the roster. And halfway through the season, I would think that almost everyone at this point, I guess on a good team, every everyone would have at least a goal. So the Sharks, <laughs> not so much of a good team. Right. <laughs> but maybe this could be the catalyst. I mean, Vlasic, 36 years young. Yes. Um, maybe some of the younger players will say, okay, sleep by example. And Grandizer, Vlasic, didn't LeBanc score too? Yes, LeBanc also scored. He, he got the go-ahead goal to go up 3-2, yeah. to two, right? Yes, 3-2. to two. And then Kachuk tied it. Batherson went up. Yep. Then Zadina tied it with four minutes. A nice left. shot. Yeah. That was yeah. Really, yeah, that was nice. <clears throat> so it there's pieces, there's flashes of good good hockey going on here. They can't quite get the full 60 minutes in a game. No. Maybe the Montreal game, again, that's kind of a I mean that that's a, a team that's down. Almost as low as the Sharks. They're a little Almost. bit, a little bit yes, better. Yes, but a little bit. They play in a little bit weaker. I don't know. Whatever. Um, yeah. Kind of similar to like that Rangers. Remember that Rangers game? Yes. And it was just like back and forth. And you're like, can they just catch a break? Can they just get that extra goal? Can they prevent the comeback? No, they can't. No, they're just not strong enough. They're not. The they defensemen can't. are just, they're... They're not there. Now, I feel like the forwards are getting better when they're healthy. The forward lines, to me, look better than they did last season. Saying a lot because their scoring is way down from last season, but you take out Carlson's 100 points. He was That's he so was much. such the That's catalyst so for everything. Everything. Yeah. everything. He ran the power play, set up so many guys so that they could score some goals. Um, taking him out, obviously everyone was like, oh, Carlson's gone. This team is going to be awful. Scoring wise, correct. They are. You are smart, <laughs> but the defense now is what needs to get kind of rebuilt and revamped going into the future of the Sharks, and we we've seen some flashes of it. Now we talked about this a couple weeks ago about the age of the defenseman. Right now, Vlasic is in the lineup, so he's he's the veteran at thirty six. Jan Ruta is thirty three. Okay. Everyone else, uh, Mario Ferro is twenty five. That's the third wow. oldest guy. Everyone else wow. is twenty two or twenty three. That's in the lineup right now. So it is a very young core. It's very veterans and then very young. Yes. There's no middle, really. There's, which, But that's what you get in a rebuilding team. Which is fine. Because when you're hitting your peak in the middle at 20, for defensemen, 28 roughly okay, is yeah. when you're hitting your peak. Um, you shouldn't be playing on a team like the Sharks, a rebuilding team. Because 
by the time the rebuild's over and you're a full-fledged team that's competing, you're now at <laughs> yes. 33, 34, 35, and you're on the tail end the back of your end. career. Yes. So um, that's kind of what we're seeing both the forwards too. We're, we got a lot of young forwards, but there are some pieces here. And let's, let's uh, well, let's go to the real quick. We'll go to the Buffalo game. So the Ottawa game's heartbreaker. I thought for sure they're going to at least go into overtime get a point, maybe even score in overtime. Who knows, get a win and string two wins together. And then I go, yes, now they're going into Buffalo. I'm going to get me some cookies. Finally, to give me some cookies. So close. They go into Buffalo. First of all, if you are living under a rock, Buffalo is getting hit with a huge snowstorm in the last couple of days. Uh, the buff- I didn't even see the final score of the Bills game today. Did they win? Did they beat them? Do you know? Uh, I saw that they were up. I did too. I saw they were up at halftime. No, they won. No, they, they won. I'm pretty sure they won. Because they, P- they were playing Pittsburgh. Yeah, they won. I think it was 21-7 at halftime. No, they won. They okay. won. Yeah. So during all week, the NFL's, you know, the Buffalo Bills are they were paying their um residents to come in and shovel how much? The stadium. How much money? Was it twenty dollars? Twenty dollars an hour. Or an, an hour? An hour. An hour. Twenty yeah. bucks an hour to shovel snow off the seats and everything and, yep. and to clear it out. And of course, Buffalo being Buffalo, we're gonna go off on a little tangent here. Buffalo fans, especially Buffalo um, Bills fans, Bills fans, Bills Mafia. I was gonna say Sabers. <clears throat> Buffalo Bills Mafia uh, probably did not show up to these sober, and they were shirtless, shoveling in the snow. They had like a the slide, <laughs> yes, the, so the they, luge, the yeah, luge, a human luge. They, well, they put the luge in there to put the snow on to get rid of it, and they're sliding down the snow. Without a shirt on. I think I saw this morning that there was still snow in the stadium like hours before the game. Yes. Yeah, because it was... Good job, Bill's mom. I mean, the snow was so bad. So the Sharks game got bumped from 10 a.m. to 9 a.m. Well, our time. So was that 1 p.m. to 12 p.m.? Yeah, it was very time, early. Right? It was early. Yeah. Very early game. Um, both teams looked like they were not awake. Mm-hmm. They were just not used to playing that early. Uh, and that, you know, that's hard on your body, especially, I mean, Sharks players coming from the West Coast, the East Coast, that's yeah. a 9 a.m. game. That's crazy. And you're getting up before that. Yeah. To get so, ready, team meeting, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, it didn't go well. Sharks get shut out 3 nothing. Um, So they had to fly in. Going back to that story, they had to fly in from Ottawa to get into Buffalo, and they couldn't because the storm was hitting pretty bad. So they had to wait a couple, I think at least 24 hours, maybe even more. Wow. Um, they finally got in at 8 o'clock the night before the game, which wasn't that bad. Could have been a lot worse. It's a quick turnaround, though. Yeah, but go, you landing at 8 p.m., getting to your hotel room, getting settled, probably 10 p.m., 11 p.m., and then you're waking up and getting going for a Skate. game. Let's go. Yeah. And to get there, the snow was so bad, the bus had to go to the side streets because the roads were so bad. <laughs> getting get every line. Yes. Getting crosswalk. Yeah, in a bus. Like, <laughs> it's not. And you're going slow because the snow is so bad. Get like, open. it's just, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. So. I don't know what the attendance was. I wonder what. I wonder if they I. Were. Yeah, I was kind of surprised at how many. Well, I shouldn't be surprised, uh, but no, the attendance was very low. Was a lot of empty seats. I mean, a lot of them were probably going to the Bills game or True. getting ready for the Bills. You game. mean helping the Bills shovel <laughs> snow? Yeah, they're all shoveling. Yeah, drinking the, beer, getting twenty dollars an hour, getting paid not working. To, yeah, getting paid <laughs> to not watch them. Um, yeah, yeah, just a weird game. So. Yeah. They ended up losing, and they got shut out for the seventh time this season, which leads the NHL. And yet another Darren Stevens tweet. Love Darren Stevens. Again, you should give him a follow. Shark shut out for the seventh time this season, most in the NHL. Sixth time on the road. The six road shutouts match the most in franchise history, and we are only... What game number are we at right now? 44. 44. Goodness. Like, that's just past... The halfway point is 40. 
one games. So three games past the halfway mark. At least they're giving us a lot of content. <laughs> a lot of milestones, a lot of... <laughs> they're setting new lows so that... I like how you said... I thought, new, no, no, oh. I, they're setting new lows so that next season the bar is easy to jump over. There you go. That's what I think they're trying to do. <laughs> real back, like real quick back at the, uh, the shutout, seven. I think it's what? The first 20 games are shut out three times. The first, then the next 20 games shut out three times. This is the, there's a pattern. Oh boy. It seems like about every 20 games, they're going to have about three shutouts. We're, and we're at 44 right now. 44. And they just had their one. Oh. So we're going to, in the next 16 games, there's going to be at least two more. The, number, the numbers tell us. The numbers don't lie, right? Until we want them to. And hopefully they come <laughs> back around and switch. So after this game, Brett Hedekin, uh, he was the color commentator and he had some, uh, he was pretty upset at the effort level of it. So he was saying uh, he was upset with the team lacking consistency and not working their tails off because the stuff that they can control of their hard work going into the corners, getting the puck, winning those puck battles, doing everything they can skills skill wise. Obviously, they're not going to be able to compete with yeah. a lot of these teams, but the stuff that you can control. And this is something that Jamie Baker, again, I'm going to say go back to our Jamie Baker interview. Um, you can find that on our on our page um, when he was in a scoring rut. What he told us he did is first of all, he would run hills until he exhausted himself to the point where he could not physically move anymore. So he just beat himself up by working his tail off outside of hockey, like just running hills. So his legs would be exhausted. And then he would go into the game and he would say, I'm not scoring, but I'm going to help my team by winning every face-off. And he would go into every face-off doing everything that he can to win it. I'm going to win every puck battle. Nobody is going to be able to outwork me or knock me off the puck. I'm going to be going in. And that's how he that he would hard work, use hard work to get out of his rut and scoring rut. And then the scoring would come back because he was simplifying his game, but still contributing to the team, even if it wasn't on the score sheet. True. So doing those fundamental, sorry to cut you off, yeah. doing those, those little things, right? Going back to basics, right? Yeah. Winning the puck battles, not making sloppy turnovers. Oh, careless pass. Right open in the slot for the opponent, shot. Of course, it's against the Sharks, so it's going to go in. <laughs> it's going to find a way to bounce and go in. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Going back to going back to basics, the fundamentals. The stuff the things you that you can, can control. control. Yeah. You can control. Exactly. Hard work, and, discipline. And when he said that, when Brett Hedekin said it today, I go, oh, it's exactly, it reminds me exactly like what Jamie Baker Jamie told Baker. us. It was amazing. His, his work ethic was, was bar none. And that's When you get to that level, your skill, unless you're top five in the league your skill is going to be very much the same across the board the Not only a lot to differentiate yes the only difference will be hard work your work ethic is what will get you to that next level and to stay at that level which is what these young sharks they're trying to teach these young sharks of what they need to do so that they stay at the NHL level and, and make their career blossom and get better I wonder how much of this also is hard for the young players because they're not seeing rewards on their heart you know it's like it's hard keep trusting us trust the process yes but eventually it'll come back it'll bear some fruit yes but right now it's a little more watering yes can, can it rain a little bit on the sharks please? a losing culture <laughs> is very hard to see the forest for the trees it's very difficult and uh going into that game against montreal or even in the post game just the relief on the players faces and we got the it. smiles yeah we have one <clears throat> even vlasic after the game um vlasic is from montreal area and had, I think he said he had 40 people wow. at the game. So he was very excited to go, like, leave. He like, leave yes. me alone. I'm going to go yes. to see all my family and friends and stuff. Yes. Um, 
I mean, that goes a long way. Now, we're going to do roll call right now. And um, for the roll call question, tell us what city you're watching from. And is this the worst Sharks roster that you have ever watched? Now, I know I'm sure Peter St. John's going to say no because he did watch the Cow Palace days. But um, for me, I didn't watch as much of the Cow Palace days on TV as much. I don't I know they didn't broadcast every game back then. It used to be on KICU 36. That was go. their first partner. Cable, I think it was 6A. When you remember we had A yeah. and B oh, cable? Man. I'm going back to regular TV channel 36. Oh, yes. like actual 36. Yes, but yes, yes, 6A was the channel. <laughs> For those of you who don't live anywhere in the Bay Area or never have, when there was cable and it was, um, you had a box, an A and B switch, and there was roughly 36 channels on A and 36, yeah. somewhere around there on B. For some reason, they didn't have it on one thing. So you had to physically go up and push a button that would switch between A and B, A and B. It was annoying. So some some channels were on A, some channels were on B. I mean, I can still remember some of these channels. Like MTV was 20B. Yeah, you're Comedy right. Comedy Central was 21. Like, yeah. FX, when that first came out, was channel 4B. Yeah, like 4B. I just, ESPN was 5. ESPN 5 was B. 6. Yeah, 6. Yeah. Like just, it just, the stuff that is stuck in my brain is insane. Just useless <laughs> information here. Um, Which you can only get here at Ryan right. Factor. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And thank you for watching. By the way, if you are watching, please like and subscribe. And Paul usually does this and I don't. So please like and subscribe if you're not a subscriber. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you hit that subscribe button and you can hit the bell, which also notifies you when we are going to go live or do anything, um, anything that comes out. And uh, we're on, I'm going to say it, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, X, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, we're on Blue Sky, and we also have codes if you'd like to join Blue Sky, um, which I believe you did, right? I think you took my code. You did give me one a of code. my codes, yeah. Um, I'm blanking. LinkedIn, we're on. We're all over the place. Reddit. Oh yeah, if you'd like to Venmo us, you can Venmo uh, visit our website. Go to finfactor.com. If you'd like to do super chat, you could do that in the YouTube channel, or if you'd like to Venmo us, you can Venmo us at the Fin Factor and uh, leave us a message, and we'll read it online for you. Um, if you'd like to leave us a message while you're not watching live, you could do that as well. And uh, we will read it, I guess, the next show. So, um, yeah, so we got some, uh, I think we had some people up here telling us where they're watching from. So, um, Peter St. John, Fresno. Actually, Aaron, I never saw them at the Cow Palace. I started watching them in the tank first season. However, I still think the Al Sims year was the worst I saw. Um, Sharks, Oregon. It's a great name. Bend, Oregon. Yes, worst <laughs> season for me. Fan since I discovered hockey is in 2007. What a great year to start oh, being yeah. a Sharks fan. Yeah. That's the Pavelski. I don't know. Pavelski start then? He might have been a rookie at that point. Yeah. So what? Is that like? Thornton. Marlowe. Seto? Seto, I think, might have been his rookie year. Chichu. Chichu. Jonathan. I think was still there at that time. Oh, man. The glory. You forgot Spotify. Oh, Spotify. Thank you. Yes. We are trying to grow a Spotify. So if you are a subscriber, or you know, if, if you're not, if you if you listen to music on Spotify, yeah. just search the Fin Factor and give us a follow um, and a listen as well. If you like listening to us as a podcast version, um, Grandizer Phoenix, I will say this season is the worst. I only watched the Sharks first year when Armed Forces Radio and TV would air Sharks games, which was very few. Oh, well, yes. And then Debbie followed up. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. <coughs> Um, Debbie is from Sunnyvale and she said it's absolutely the worst um, <laughs> turn it off stop watching yeah. it's only gonna get, it'll get better it's gonna get better it will get better. get better it will get better I like to pick 
some players, like young players, and kind of watch how they progress. That's how Paul and I talked about this season. So, like, William Eklund is going to be a good player. Yes. He's not there yet. He's still working hard. But it's fun to watch him progress because he's not the same player he is today that he was when he started the season. He's already gotten better, more consistent with this game. I've I've noticed he goes into corners harder and uses his body. He's tiny. He's not very big. But he comes away with the puck a lot of the times. He's also very elusive when he has the puck. So he doesn't get hit or knocked off. Yeah, he's shifty. He's able to find those little pockets and just get in there, get in here. Yeah. Yeah. And his vision too, his vision for passing is amazing because he could see a lot of a lot of things that I think a lot of other players don't in terms of like where other players are going to be and where yeah. he can pass. Anticipation. It. Yes. Reading the, the play. Yeah. Finding those little yeah, those little crevices. So he's he's exciting to watch. And there's gonna be some other young guys that are gonna be coming up here. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> Peter St. John, where is my market correction? It's another term I like to use. <laughs> <laughs> market correction of the sharks um uh oh grandizer again it's funny in that the sharks first three years when i was overseas there was a lot of sharks gear in the px which is the u.s military store um exchange when the sharks first came on that jersey was like the hottest jersey in all of sports not it just great. nhl it's great yeah the the teal like colors were very yes. 90s very easy to Accessorized orange black. In fact, here I have actually the jersey. Oh, yeah, there it is. This is uh, the OG, and this is a disgusting, gross jersey, but it's Ulf Dahlen jersey. This is my favorite player from the Sharks back in the 93 94 season. Um, But yeah, you have that the shark and and the my favorite patch up here on the shoulder, which they've been using a lot more. They're on our cuffs, which is the newer version of it. But um, yeah, these were like the hottest item that. that anyone could find and, and wear. And so it exploded. I think that helped the team get a ton of, I don't want to say bandwagon fans, but the fact that they were able to go in the playoffs their third year and beat Detroit, who was the president's trophy winning team <laughs> and beating them in seven games. That always helps grow your fan base outside of the San Jose area. So amazing that he was able to see that overseas. So are you saying that if the Sharks had chosen maybe purple <laughs> or a marigold it might not have worked as well probably not <laughs> no. yeah no yeah the, the jersey fire when it first came out and then it's able like you just said able to being able to take not take 10 years to make the playoffs seven years five years but only taking three years first two cow pals come here playoffs upset fire jersey yeah i can see why that might have increased uh, like the eyeballs and also just like people like, oh, casually, like, oh, Sharks game. Oh, okay, I, I kind of remember them. Didn't they beat so-and-so? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. The mighty Detroit Red Wings of the day. <laughs> <laughs> they also, the second round, they played the Toronto Maple Leafs because they were considered in the West. I know, back, back in the day. Back, back in the day, Detroit, I remember. <laughs> Detroit's still considered, or was considered in the West. In the West, well. and they like, finally kicked him out. Crazy. Get him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they went to, they were actually up three games to two in that series. And then Toronto came back and beat them seven to, or four to four to three in the series. But um, the Sharks had a chance to go into the conference finals in their fourth been, season. That would have been wild. Nuts. That's that almost like wild. obviously the Vegas Knights have done better than that. But Ooh, I don't know what you're talking yeah, exactly. about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> I'm kind of glad to see Seattle not have as much success as Vegas because that would be really annoying. That would be too much to take. And we, it we also can't. it makes me hate Seattle less. Like if Seattle came oh, yeah. in and did what Vegas did. I would have been even more mad. And oh, I would no, 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 both teams. You're right. You're right. No, no, no. What Vegas did, they changed the rules after that, right? right. And they changed, they're like, no. We're not. Yeah. All the other, all the other owners right. are like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. This brand new team is not, no. Uh, no, Seattle not having the same success right out the gate 
definitely. I I don't hate them. Yeah. I don't hate them. I, and I like the colors because they're very similar to the shark's colors. Yes. I don't know if you noticed that. I did kind of notice that. Also, they have Marshawn Lynch as a partial owner, I think. Kind of like a very minimal owner. Can't but go wrong. He's awesome, man. He is a <laughs> very, very legend and he's oh, yeah. hilarious in interviews. He's Anything he does, yes. must watch. You got to watch it. Yeah. So I, I like Seattle. I've actually <laughs> never been to Seattle. Me either. Yeah. I'd like to. I think next season I'm going to go on a little uh, tour of you're NHL States. You're going to pledge? Oh, watch, well, oh you're, oh, you're going to do everything. Well, I mean, like, not everything. Well, I mean, but you're okay. not just going to Seattle just to go see them play I would go to Seattle to see the Sharks. Yeah. Play you're gonna just... I want to go to Arizona because they're playing a mullet arena, which is only mullet. a 4,000 seat <laughs> arena. I want to go to Colorado. Yeah. I'd like to go to yeah. Anaheim, LA, like pretty much all Vegas. Have I'm you gonna... done Vancouver already? Did you already go up? Oh, never been to Vancouver. Well, you're right there in Seattle. I, just... Well, I might as well, right? Yeah, right Assuming if they play back to back in Seattle and Vancouver, I'll do it. I think it'd be fun. Okay. Not this season. No. This season's terrible. Why would I do that? <laughs> next season, I'm I'm hopeful that next season is going to be leaps and bounds better than this okay. season. Maybe I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team, but they're not going to be first overall pick the entire season or in a position to be in the first overall pick. You know what I mean? Instead of number one overall pick, got a little... Mm. <laughs> if only. All right. Uh, let's move on to Sharks trades. Now, the trade deadline for the NHL is March 8th. We're going to see a lot of these Sharks starting to get traded. There's been in the news um, Sasha Shemlevsky. So uh, who was it? Um, Kevin Weeks likes to. Yep. He is he is plugged in, man. He knows his stuff. Oh yeah, he knows. I don't know how, but he's in there. He's always in the know. And he just talked about this week about Sasha Shemlevsky, who is a 2017 six round pick of the Sharks. I mean, we're going back. This guy is kind of weird because. He was expected to be kind of the fourth line center for the Sharks coming in possibly last season. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was an RFA. He opted to sign in the KHL in Russia instead of signing a new contract with the Sharks. And I don't know if it had anything to do with Mike Greer coming in and talking to him, sitting him down saying, there's no future for you here. Or if you need to play your game better. I don't, I don't know what happened. I'm, and I'm speculating. I'm not saying he did that. But um, it was kind of odd decision that he signed in the KHL. However, in the KHL, he's played 117 games, has 91 points in the KHL. He's one of the top players in the KHL. Now, he's not going to be, I would say, his ceiling at most would be a second-line center. Second line? Most okay. likely, he'd be a third- or fourth-line center. Okay. I mean, I'm talking, like, high potential. That's the most he would be able to do is okay. uh, second lines pushing it. I'd say third line. Okay. He's not, it's not like it's a superstar player that's playing in the KHL and Role the Sharks, players, just, you know, yeah, yeah. but regardless, the Sharks own his rights. So a team would have to trade the Sharks for his rights and then be able to sign him. His contract is up with the KHL at the end of this season. So uh, what Kevin Weeks said was the Canucks are interested in signing him. So they would need to trade something to the Sharks to get his rights at least. So something. it it's good to me. He was a sixth-round pick in 2017. If they're able to get anything more than a sixth-round pick for him, fifth, fourth, third, whatever, good asset manager. Take it. Take it. Let's right? go. <laughs> Grab that and go. Maybe that's what Greer told him is your stock is too low to get traded. Okay. We don't want to let you go for nothing. Go play somewhere, whether it's the KHL or somewhere else. Improve your game. You're just going to make you more attractive, and then we can get you to where somebody wants you or – um, maybe even where you want to go or something like that. A lot so, more options. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll exactly. open up more doors. Yeah. The better play you have, go show us what you can do. Show show, show the, the NHL. World. Show yeah. the world. Yeah. What you can do, and we'll get you out there. I like that. That would be interesting, especially if they're able to turn it into something that is a higher a higher pick. Now, true, he's playing like gangbusters. He said ninety-one and one seventeen. That's yeah. that's video game numbers yeah. right there. That's pretty decent. But yeah, we'll take that. Yeah. And I the the chat can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that KHL does not include secondary assists, which is oh even wow. A deal, I think if, if that chat can you get on that? Yeah, yeah. Let me know. Uh, <coughs> Uh, let's see if I miss anything in here. Well, then you said Vancouver. That means you can see him next season. Right. <laughs> you can <Yes>. see him. <laughs> Scoring against the Sharks next season. It's the worst case scenario. Being in the same division. I hate when they do that. They trade someone know, in the like, same division and they just You just know. Immediately you just regret know. It. You just know. Yeah. He's I always like when they trade him to the East Coast and you're only going to see him twice a year. That's, That's it. fine. I like that. Like Noah Gregor signing with Toronto. I, I like to talk about Noah Gregor. <laughs> Especially when Paul's out here. Um... You know, the Sharks just rolled through the Northeast. They played all these games. They played they play Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, all these teams that, not all of them, but a lot of them are going to be playoff bound, Toronto especially. They, a lot of these teams are looking at these players because they, they kind of go, oh, the Sharks, they know West Coast team, we're not staying up late, we're not going to watch a lot of them. Now they get to see them firsthand in the East Coast. Some of these players are not that bad on a bad sinking team. They're going to say, wow, this player, like Mario Ferraro, for instance, right, Uh, looks pretty good. Let's go get him. Let's go get, let's trade for him. So I think a lot of the Sharks players here are going to be um, in the spotlight, if you will, because they just went through the Northeast. Now all all eyes on not just media, but like, you know, teams, GMs (laughs) and everything. And what's interesting, I, I think Mike Greer was on this trip. So I think he was on the trip with the team, probably meeting with a bunch of other GMs in person because they're all so close in that northeast corner. Um, Probably also visiting family because I believe he's from Boston area, maybe, if I remember correctly. Chat. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing, before the March 8th deadline, some trades coming through. So I'm talking February. I mean, there's also the All-Star game in there, so we're going to have a break. Um, I don't think anyone will get traded during the all-star break. I think there might even be a freeze during then. I could also be wrong. You can correct me chat if I'm wrong, but um, yeah, the all-star game, I think is the beginning of February, that first weekend. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if after that weekend, after the all-star game between the all-star game and the deadline, we're going to see some movement here. Movement. Yeah. So, a lot of these Sharks players are going to be probably out the door. Now I'm going to go through these free agents, upcoming free agents. Let's do it. Um, Kevin LeBanc. I don't know if he's tradable. He's well, making, he just scored, didn't he? Yeah, but he's making <laughs> 4.7. His effort level is not there. He's too good to be – he's not a hard worker that you'd put on the fourth line, so he can't be mm, a grinder. No, no. He's more suited for maybe if on a good team, third-line winger, and probably second power play unit. Okay, still. Not okay. quite first, but I think second. But at 4.7, that's a little high for that type player. <clears throat> for the return you're getting. Right, but at the same time, uh, he is a UFA, so he's a rental. His hit, his cap hit's going to be coming down because it's closer towards the end of the season and it comes. It's 
it's uh scale yeah scaled down Pro-rate. closer you get <laughs> mike hoffman's another one i feel like hoffman and lebank are almost the same type of player hoffman's more of a scorer lebank's more of a playmaker but they both don't have that effort level they don't have the attention to detail they're more offensive orientated yeah. yeah minded so they they're not quite there he's making four and a half million almost the exact same I was shocked when the Sharks signed him, especially <laughs> for this much. I would have rather have had Phil Kessel at yes. that much. Yes, that would have happened. Because at least we could do hot dog jokes. I mean, <laughs> Super Producer Jason would have Phil Kessel as a hot dog vendor with a bunch <laughs> yes. of hot dogs. Oh, I love it. It would have been perfect. It's I love it. Perfect. We also could have done maybe like a little we. <laughs> See? Yeah. You said yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Maybe the mashup with Phil Kessel, Joey Chestnut. Oh, there you go. Santa's it writes. Native. I mean, yeah, it writes itself. It, oh man, I didn't even think of that. Brilliance. Brilliance. I'm trying. You're hired. Okay. <laughs> uh, Anthony Duclair is another one. He's making three million. I think he's playing better than those other two, but still not the caliber that he could be could. and should be playing. And also maybe to be expected, you know, a little bit more production. True. Bad team. Who's he, who's he passing it to? Vlasic every... I don't expect a lot of goals from Vlasic. Yeah. But I think we thought... We uh, thought that... Just, again, a little bit more production. But I feel like he has been playing... I don't want to say better, but maybe the team. The team overall. We're seeing those moments, those pockets of consistent play, smart play, discipline play. Not all the time. Not as much as we'd like. But I think he's been playing well. He's I think been- he's been playing well. He's been getting better. He's actually tied with Hoffman at eight goals, which is third most on the team, which is pathetic. Hoffman with eight. That's, that's is it a sneaky, it's a sneaky yeah. eight. Well, he should be of. about a 20 goal scorer. So he's about just under that pace. No, no, no. Yeah. But I just feel like I, maybe I just, I've, I've missed him. I've missed his yeah. eight goals. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Also not a lot of memorable, not a lot no, of memorable wins. Memorable so, okay. I'm sorry, Hoffman. That's on me. I, I mean, here's, here's the goal scores right now. Hurdle's leading the team at 13. Right behind him is Zetterlin with 12, which is a big shocker and, and that is. in a good way. Yeah, that's, good. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Hoffman Duclair with eight. William Eklund has seven, which has been yep. upticking because he's it's been good. more of a playmaker. Yeah, playmaker. Uh, Cunning with six. Okay. Jacob McDonald with six. This is a guy who's only played 17 games. This is another <laughs> a great guy. ratio. Yeah. <laughs> he's a defenseman that they've been playing as a forward a lot because yeah, they'll they'll dress him however he's on ir right now but he's another guy who's only this guy could possibly get traded because he's a ufa he's only making 762 he's making the minimum so he is a very attractive fourth line yeah either a fourth line yeah. forward or same with the sharks are doing have him as your seventh defenseman so Scra- he could scratch. play defense if he needs to yeah and he could also fill in at forward it's a very versatile player but he's also scoring scoring goals <sighs> Where would the Sharks be without us? <laughs> we don't even want to know. Could they possibly be any worse? <laughs> I don't want to say that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, Grand Iser just said, saw an article of the Sharks should trade for Trevor Zegras. Do you guys see that article in your thoughts? I did not see that article. So I don't know what I that was. I didn't see that, but I did see maybe like um, Thursday or Friday, I did kind of see some mention of him maybe being available. And I think that's it'd be more of a hopeful thing for Weird. Me. That's weird. Yeah. I feel like he's a staple in Anaheim, like one of the core guys I, upcoming. He's very young. Yeah, I did see some stuff on that. Not necessarily linked to the Sharks with any real, but more of a, 
Man, that would be great. Of course it would be great. I I wouldn't say no to that, no. but I don't know what the price would be either. That's the that would be the problem. Yeah. Like, How much you... would they have to trade and you're trading with a rival in your division? Anaheim is a team that's also rebuilding and somehow they have good players. But and, you're not <laughs> and they score goals. But and they score goals, but they're not they're not good. They're only eight points better than the Sharks in the standings. And I think they're uh no no no. I was gonna say that I think they yeah, they've been losing a lot of games. I think I know Leo Carlson just came back right. today. I don't think he had a point or anything, but yeah, you would think they would be a little bit better. Him and Zegras um, have been kind of in and out of the lineup. Zegras missed a lot. So he he held out in training camp for a mm. better contract, missed all training camp. Then he got hurt, probably because he missed training camp. Exactly. And then finally came back from injury, mm. was starting to play well, got injured again, again. and he's out for weeks again so it's not like something minor it's it's, it's something's tweaked i don't prolonged. know what it is yeah. um again hockey with those lower and upper body or mid body injuries just ridiculous. just tell us what it is it's just stupid yeah. he tore his groin just say it just say it. <laughs> Ugh, it's, it bugs me so much anaheim is not much better now the sharks um i'm gonna go into this next thing here the sharks are dead last in the standings however chicago just lost bedard he yep. broke his jaw. He's yep. going to be out for a long, I think, six weeks yeah. or something. Um, not looking good for Chicago. They're also missing another seven NHL guys. They're, yeah, their injury list is extensive. Yes. Like, they're, I think they're one of, they only have one win in their last 10 games. They're two, seven, and one. They got two. <laughs> oh, they got two. Yeah. I, I apologize. Twice I'm as sorry. much as the Sharks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the Sharks are right there. Behind him in the standings. I would not be shocked if the Sharks leapfrog Chicago. Because Chicago is so... The Sharks mm. are bad. Chicago is not much better. And you take out Bedard. They're... They're, they're catalysts. They're, they're, they're poor, right? The they're one main guy. Yeah. The only reason they're selling tickets. That's, that's rough, man. Those tickets are going to be really cheap right now in Chicago. Cheaper than San Jose Sharks tickets. Maybe you should do your trip now and fly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe see a rare win in Chicago. Oh, but you won't see Bedard. So never mind. Nah, never mind. They're actually playing in Chicago tomorrow night. The Sharks are. Well, you see him in the, the stand. Right. I'm not <laughs> in gonna, the box. I'm not going to be flying to <laughs> okay. Chicago tonight. Ah, <laughs> it's also freezing cold in Chicago right now. I, think the I whole, saw last the night. It was, it was frozen, like right? negative. It said it feels like negative 31. Yeah. What are you Did you see to? the river? The river yeah. looked like a sauna or a, a hot spring. Yeah. Because it was 36, I think, in the river, which is... And the outside, it was negative 17 with the windshield. Yeah. So it was steaming like a Yeah, hot you could spring. see it. Yeah, it was like moving like, yeah. Crazy. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. I'll be okay in our, what, 55 degree day, 60 it's degree fine. day in San Let's Jose. It's okay. For those of you who don't live in San Jose, it's about 55 to 60. Even when it's raining this week, it's been about that. It hasn't been that cold. Yeah. Another reason. Comfortable. Players like living here. Exactly. Because the weather is amazing. You're not freezing cold. <laughs> um. Anyway, my point is I... I can also see Anaheim possibly dipping down a little bit. Ottawa, another one. I mean, the bottom, Columbus is another one, too. It's goes the Sharks, the Blackhawks, Ottawa. And the Ottawa just beat the Sharks. So I had the Sharks beat Ottawa in that game, but they should have won. Mm. The Sharks would only be one point behind Chicago, and Ottawa would only be two more points away from that. Okay. So it's all very close. Um, Anaheim's right there. Columbus is right there. Minnesota is somehow there, too. But And Buffalo. I mean, it's kind of crazy how close some of these teams that should be better are um but i don't think 
I think the Sharks could leapfrog them only because Chicago has so many injuries and they're so bad. They're so bad already. Um, and they're supposed they're built to be bad. There's two different ways of doing a rebuild. The Sharks are kind of doing it slower, a little bit more methodic. I think they had they had bigger contracts that they couldn't get rid of. So Burns was one. Um, uh, Timo Meyer was another one because he wasn't going to re-sign with the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Carlson was another one. Just getting rid of those big giant contracts was hard. Now it's a little bit easier. You have a lot more space. You can play with it. Chicago kind of did scorched earth selling every piece. Got lucky and got Bedard last year. Um, they're very lucky. I can't, I still can't believe it happened. I mean, I can't believe it, but it makes me like, put the hat on again, put it on. I'm telling you, mine's already on. You can't see it. Mine's already on. I just, yeah, we just knew, we just, I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it was rigged. You got to believe the system because if you didn't, it would be completely broken down. True. And if it really was like that, there would be some kind of whistleblower somewhere. Someone would someone say would something. Someone would say something. True. Right? There's gotta, there would be a link. Everything's not just going to be over voice. Right. It would be some type of paper trail. You're right. Okay. I, I honestly don't think it was it was rigged, but I do think the NHL went, Thankfully, Bedard went to Chicago, original 16. Yes. Not San Jose, a smaller market team. Ah, so this season will be different, you're saying. That's what he said. But Celebrini is not even near the <laughs> the plat like the the level that Bedard is. Bedard is a generational talent like yes. David, and it's very different. Who? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of like Jack Eichel was taken second overall behind McDavid. Yeah, like any other year, Jack Eichel would have been the number one easily picked, right? One, so it two, just that's, sucks. That's it just sucks. That's Forever in the in the shadow. Um, we have great weather. Come on, <laughs> you see the colors. We do. We also have the third oldest stadium in the NHL. Is that weird? That does feel weird. Wow. Yeah. That okay. I think it's uh, thirty. Is it thirty-one now? The Rangers Madison Square Garden, which okay. they remodel, so it's it's not yeah. quite the same stadium. And uh, who's the other one? I want to say it's Anaheim. Beat us by a year, maybe. I could be wrong. The Honda Center? No, that might be a year old or younger than the Sharks. I think the Sharks have a beat by year. Okay. I forget what the wow, it's that old. Yeah. Okay. Because everyone else built it in the last twenty True. years, fifteen years. Everyone else took their 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 winnings and yes. their money yes. and built new stadiums as they're hanging <clears throat> certain banners. Yep. <clears throat> Soon. <sighs> Hopefully. Yeah, Peter St. John. I'm very bitter about Chicago's luck, as am I. But they also had Corey Perry. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Corey Perry. Yeah, you're right. I like that. Other than he is a free agent and can sign anywhere and yet has not. Um, Tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. Um, all right. What else are we talking about here? Uh, so I, anyway, I don't think it's, I still don't think it's a slam dunk that the Sharks are going to have the first overall pick. I think they'll have a top three. I'll be happy with the top three. Um, I mean, there's a chance that they could be going into the lottery in the worst position and not winning the lottery. Tell us in the chat. Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think the Sharks are going to go into the lottery first overall and lose it in the lottery and someone else will get Celebrini? Okay, what, would, what do you think is worse? Finishing outside the top three again, right. like they did last year. Yep. Or, well, I guess being one and not getting it, obviously, right? Right. Losing the lottery as the first. As the first, too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. And the Sharks have never had the first overall pick in their history. Their first season, they got the NHL kind of stepped in because Eric Lindros was joining yeah. the league. And they were like, the league was like, oh, you can have the second overall pick. You can have the second overall pick. This, guy, the first overall. this guy? No, he's going to Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can go to Philly. He got drafted. Oh, that's by, right. Uh, uh, Nordique. Uh, was Quebec. it Nordiques? Yeah. Quebec. Yeah. Oh, I love that team. And then he that's said, right. I'm not going to play for you. And then they traded him. And that was like going back that's the right. other way was Forsberg and. Um, I think Mike Ricci and a couple other players that ended up winning in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, when the team moved, yeah. So there was a lot of stables. I mean, granted, those guys were like prospects at the time. They weren't in the NHL yet, but but still. Still, like the great Forsberg being traded for Eric Lindros. It's crazy. It's amazing. The history is amazing. The NHL history is amazing. Um, Robots. Oh, Robot Bay 89. That's what we're calling them. I think finishing dead last is the exact same as finishing fourth or better. We lose or win no different. It's pure luck. I will not blame our final standing because we can definitely lose it at the as the bottom team. Exactly. I'm trying not to get my hopes up that it's a slam dunk. True. Me being either. the last place team that you're going to get celebrating because that's not how it works. I'm okay with a top three pick. True. That's fine. But it's going to suck is if they end up third overall like they did last year and getting the fourth pick. Instead yeah. of third pick, yeah. you're getting fourth or even bumped again to the fifth. That's what would suck. I think that's probably worst case scenario, I think. I'm going to put my hat on just a little bit. I feel like if they do get the number one, if they, if, if everything, if they get the, if they have the worst record, I, I would feel like I feel less secure than if they had the second or third worst. Just be in the top three. Don't be one. I feel like, I don't, I don't know. Because if you're second or third, you are you already aren't thinking Celebrini. True. You're hoping for it. You're hoping. If you're first overall, you're hoping that nobody else wins it. Yes. Right? Like, yes. Expectation different. Yes. Expectation level is way different. Way different. So that because then it feels like you're losing. You're lo- exactly. No. You're, you're not yeah. winning Celebrini. No, you're not losing. You lost. You right. lost. Yeah. He's gone. He's yeah. not coming. Yeah. So I think second or third, you entertain the idea. It's like, oh, it could happen. Maybe. <sighs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sharks, Oregon. Probably there's a high chance they do lose it, kind of like Demidoff, if not first overall. I actually don't know any outside of Celebrini. I'm not up to date on my prospects yet, so I don't know Me who's either. actually coming into the draft. Um, worst case is fourth or worse. Top three, and we're getting away clean, and I can't complain. <clears throat> I'm talking the pick we end up with. I just want us to end up with a top three pick. Exactly. Top three, I'm, I'm fine with. Which would really suck if you're the first and you end up third. That's that would suck. But at least you get. I mean, what really sucks is this last draft. Those top three guys are in the NHL. They're playing currently, all three of them. I know. And we had the fourth one. I know. And we'll see him soon. Year. We'll see him soon. I'm hopeful he joins the Sharks next year. I'm hopeful though he'll, uh, <clears throat> he'll finish. <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> oh my gosh, he'll finish the the NCAA season. I think ends around March, end of March. I don't know when hockey ends. They have the Frozen Four instead of the the, uh, March Madness. Mm -hmm. It's similar, but it's hockey and it's smaller. Um, Once that finishes up, he's able able to join the Sharks. He would sign a contract because he hasn't signed yet. He would sign a contract because as soon as he signs his contract, he can't play in college anymore. Thank you, NCAA. (laughs) Great rules. So... um, if his season ends, there's a, there's a chance, a likelihood that he would sign. And if he does sign, that means he's obviously not going back mm-hmm. for another year. And I don't think he should go back another year. 
but we'll see what happens. Now, are you saying that because you think <clears throat> he's ready or do you just feel like he should just start getting his, you know, start getting the process going to being a professional and learning uh, like road trips and like all the planning and all the other, like all the professional stuff. Just start that now. Exactly. Why delay the, okay. If, if he has nothing left to prove at the NCAA level, if it's like, He's maxed plateau, out. He's maxed right? out. Next year he would yeah. plateau. The, the why? Yeah. He, he might as well come over. Yeah. Um, and if he thinks he's ready, if the Sharks think he's ready, then they would sign him and he would do just that. But um, there is a chance that we do see him this season, the very end of this season. So you would get these, I don't know, maybe five or 10 games in the end of the season. I like that. Be around the team, see what it's like to be a pro and mm-hmm. not being an amateur in NCAA in college. Completely different. And then um, jumping, parlaying that into. Here's what you need to do with this offseason to be prepared to yeah. play next season and to compete for the job because you still have the training camp and everything sure. else, um, which gives him a list of stuff that they want. They're already going to do that anyway. But the fact that like he would that. be trying out for the Sharks and not going back to college. Yeah. Being and at just the rookie camp versus you know actual, training camp. Yeah. yeah. I also like that the last five or ten games. I like this because then, again, get his feet wet, mm-hmm. but also – Three game winning streak potentially. Yes, so cookies, cookies. Yes, let's go, cookies. Let's get this guy here. Never was on board. We need some cookies. cookies. Absolutely. Thanks, Debbie. <laughs> I think she's gonna make him regardless. But shh. okay. Um, sharks should let him burn a year. Uh, he would also come into training camp knowing twenty five players. That's true. He would also know some players. Oh, um, okay. Because he would also coming for those ten games. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna buy a place or even rent a place here. He's gonna room with somebody. Okay. So he'd be rooming with somebody in their family, most likely, and um, get to know them as well and be more comfortable in the area and get to know it a little bit better. So more comfortable, less unknowns coming into training camp next season. Um, just feeling a, a part of the team, yeah. right? And being welcomed. Now, this is obviously going to be after the trade deadline. So is that, would they put him with someone like a, a couture? Like someone who's like, would he be like with a vet? Yes. Okay. Usually yeah. someone who's okay. more established. Maybe not Couture because his wife just had a kid. Okay. So most likely not. Probably maybe Tomas Hurdle. Hurdle. Okay. Or uh, let's see who else is on this list that's not getting traded. Um, maybe Vlasic. Who knows? I don't think he's going to get traded. Okay. Um, maybe if Mackenzie Blackwood's still around. So we got three potential beds for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nico Sturm. Maybe Couture takes a man. Who knows? You know, okay. Somebody will be there. Someone, someone will take. Are they gonna him make this it. guy couch surf? Yes, he's gonna couch surf. <laughs> or he lives with some of the younger guys that are probably renting an apartment. Like a lot okay. of them live in Santana Row, up in those. Uh, I forget what those apartments called, but in hotel, that area. hotel Valencia's right there. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so you might be around that area. Um, all right, upcoming games this week. There are three games. Um, I'm not sure if our show is going to be Monday night. Maybe it is because I believe. Uh, there is a Sharks game on Monday night, so we might be pushing our next show to Tuesday. Mm, um, okay. But uh, tomorrow they're playing in Chicago. This is going to be a battle for the bottom. If the Sharks beat them, which they should, in my opinion, they should. They should be. Able they should to be beat. a win. Yes, with no. It's kind of sucks. They don't get to play against Bedard because I want to see. To see it. I don't get to watch him much. I would like to watch Bedard. Yeah. Um, I haven't been able to watch outside of like highlights and That's stuff. That's it. All you get, but yeah, you yeah. don't get the full 60 of like exactly. his movement and like his tracking back and like all the little things. Like every shift, apparently he's, something's going to happen, right? And yeah. it's exciting. You're on the edge of your seat, kind of see what this kid can do. So we won't get any of that. But um, 
I'm I'm hopeful for a win here. I think this is probably the best chance that they're going to have. Although they do play Saturday against Anaheim as well. You can be hopeful for that. Yeah. I'm not hopeful for that one. Yeah. I think our, the best chance for the Sharks is the Chicago game. And then we'll see with the Anaheim game. And then <clears throat> if you want to talk about the And then they're playing LA Kings on Monday. Yeah, that. Lisa's not back-to-back. They're not playing True. Saturday, Sunday. They get a little bit of rest. A little bit of a break. And they're not traveling far. That's a bus right away. Yeah, that's not bad. Actually, I'm sorry. They're home against Anaheim. So Saturday's here against Anaheim. Then they travel to L.A. to play. LA. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. Okay. Mm. Chicago it is. Yeah, Chicago. <laughs> so how many points? I have a possible six points this week. Are you expecting two? Two out of Chicago? Um, I'll go two. I kind of want to go three. Yeah? I kind of want to go three. You think they can take it to Anaheim and go to overtime? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think the Kings is that. I I think that's a zero. Um, I think potentially one for Anaheim, two for Chicago, three. It just if it works out that way, then it's you know it's one of these. Yes, (laughs) it's you got the points early, and then just it's nice to go into a show after a win because everyone's more positive. Yes, just your short term memory, right? Like you remember the last game. Um, I don't think they're going to beat the Kings. I do think they should beat Chicago. I'm going to say they're going to beat Anaheim. Okay. They're going to go on a two-game win streak, and then they're going to lose. In regulation? They're beating them in regulation? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think okay. it's going to happen. But I'm, I'm hopeful that it's going to happen because I'm forever the optimist. <laughs> I'm going to say win in Chicago, come home. They're finally home after okay. a long road trip playing Anaheim. I think Couture comes back against Anaheim on Saturday. Game, game winner? Week. And he's the game. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's going to produce right away, but just having him in the lineup and – his hard work and in the locker rooms, and yeah. the locker room, and all the everything, all the things. I think uh, he's going to help kind of, I don't want to say turn this team around. That's not quite right, but get them kind of on the better track and sure. playing better. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And then the Kings. And know. I don't know if he's coming back. I, I'm assuming he's going to come back. You heard it here first. If he's targeting a game, I think it would be that Saturday, assuming he's ready. Home too. At yeah. home. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's my guess. We'll see. Well, they've already played them twice so far, right? Anaheim? No, uh, yeah, Anaheim. And I think they lost one to four, first game, second game, one to five. So you're really going on a limb. You heard, you see this guy? He is a forever optimist. Forever optimist. <laughs> it's going to happen. Okay. It's going to happen. Two game okay. win streak. We're going streaking. We're going streaking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe go to, maybe. <laughs> Great reference. Great. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we're going to have time. Right. And one last thing here. The Sharks Pride game. I think we're still selling tickets. Do you know how many tickets are sold out? It is sold out? Almost Almost sold out. Okay. The game is on Saturday, January 27th. It's a 1 p.m. game against the Buffalo Sabres. So a little rematch here. Um, There is a pregame from, was it 11 to 1230? It's in the morning. At the AC Hotel in downtown San Jose. This is right across the street from the Comerica Bank. Mm -hmm. Other side of 87 from... Uh, the arena. Yep. So it's on your walk-in on San Clara Street. Uh, there's a pregame drag show, a DJ, and special guests. Do you know who the special guests are? Is that? Tell you. Oh, you can't tell me. All right. <laughs> I'm talking special. Super producer Jason here. Um, you can park at San Pedro Square and walk to the hotel, and then head to SAP for the 1 p.m. game. The theme night is a reversible Sharks Pride bucket hat, and staying after the game. So if you buy the tickets through here, <clears throat> you get to stay after the game to get an on-ice photo. 
and we're almost sold out, so you need to order now. The tickets range from $33 for the upper bowl in section 224-225, Super Deuce Jason's in 225, um, to $73 in section 126, and a portion of each ticket purchased through this link will benefit the Silicon Valley Pride. And the link for those on the podcast is sjsharks.com slash svpride, sjsharks. And we'll have that in the link. We'll have it down below in the info below uh, the YouTube video. So I will be at the game. Um, I'm in section 222, I think. I'm directly behind the goal. Jason is in 225. And if you're going to go, let me know and we'll meet up and take a picture. I think I'm going to be taking my son because it's a 1 p.m. game. Mm, okay. So, and if not, then we're getting a babysitter and I'll bring my wife. We'll see. Okay. I don't know. Or I'll bring someone else. Who knows? <laughs> uh, it'll be last minute. Either way, a picture yeah. will be able to be taken <clears throat> with Aaron and a yeah. guest to be announced. <laughs> yes. I have a feeling it'll be my my son. So uh, you can, I'll have him take our picture and it'll be there like looking up like. I was going to say, he's like, huh? <laughs> um. Anyway, are you going to be going to any games soon? Um, I I didn't know about this game, mm-hmm. but now I'm thinking about it. Excellent. It's on the schedule now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's an afternoon game. It's yeah. weird. It's really weird when you go to a Don't game it? and you I, leave and it's still daylight after being gotta, in the yeah. arena. That's got to be... I, like, I've never been to a day game before. It's like going to a movie, a matinee, right? Yeah. And you're expecting dark and you come out and you're like, oh, it's so yep. bright. What the oh, heck? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like that. But they're fun. <laughs> they're fun. A little bit more, I would say... Family oriented. Okay, I was gonna say a little bit more. <clears throat> more kids there. Yeah, not as say, rowdy. Yeah, like yeah, it was a little more. Hmm. Again, it's like going to a matinee. It's like going to the movies like at one o'clock. Yes. You know, exactly. you're not gonna see a lot of. Yes, yes. I got you. I got you. Yes. Okay. A little more yeah. family friendly. I like that. It'll be fun. So if you're going to the game, let us know, and uh, we'll see you there. But please like, subscribe, ring the bell. Follow us on our social medias. We got, uh, oh, you can go to our website, thefinfactor.com. Devro is showing off his lovely hat that we have in our store. You can also take your toaster and get a sticker. Here's our stickers. And you can slap that bad boy. If I can even, I can't see where the line is. Here we go. We rehearsed this. We did rehearse this and I'm failing miserably. We're going to take this and we're going to just, bam. You now have a Fin Factor Boom. toaster. Get your own toaster. I didn't even put that on straight, did I? That looks terrible. Oh, yeah, it's close. <laughs> anyway, new Fin Factor toaster for the set. There you go. You can do it too. Join the Fin Factor. Uh, go to the finfactor.com and uh, you can purchase stickers, shirts, hats, polos, water bottles, uh, fanny packs, which might be sold out. Who knows? I feel like they're always sold out. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Exactly. It's very popular. Paul Bottom. Paul did buy them all. Yeah. He <laughs> wears them all at once. Chips. Yeah. <laughs> Cargo shorts. Nah, he's like, my he's, fanny pack. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> there you go. Do you have anything else that you would like to add? Uh, I appreciate you allowing me to fill in. Um, Paul, thank you. Jamie Baker, thank you as well. <laughs> Super producer Jason, thank you as well. Thank you those of you uh, in the chat and watching at home. I appreciate it. I had a great time. Good. I'm glad. I'm sure we'll have you back. Okay. I really appreciate it. Thanks for stepping in here. Yeah. I know it's not easy, huh? Coming in here and you're like, yeah, man, this is a lot. Uh, it's a lot. It's, it's big a lights. Lot. It's a big lot. Lights, new set. It's Everything's shiny. It's great in here. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't break anything. Yeah. Well, we did. Yeah. Jason broke it. <laughs> right. As the countdown happened, <laughs> boo, everything just went off. I was lights like, off. Oh, what just happened? <clears throat> it's because uh, we blew a circuit because of all the shiny new lights that are in here. 
But uh, yes, thank you. Thank you for watching and uh, appreciate it. And thank you for subscribing. And if you haven't, please hit that subscribe button. It helps us. And also find us on Spotify, trying to boost those numbers up so that we can um, reach more people and be a little bit more popular and get out there. And leave a review. Leave a sure. review. Why not? Yeah, Five star. Yeah. Five star yeah. review. I think we have six or seven on there right now. It's fantastic. Okay. Let's so, get yeah. some more. Thank you. I didn't even think about that. Mm. We should have as many reviews as the Sharks have wins. Oh. You notice I said we. Sorry. Yeah. No. <laughs> What is that, eight right now or nine? <laughs> I can't remember. That's only two. Ten. Technically oh, it's ten, but that's including okay. some overtime. Okay. Wins. Okay. Yeah. So after this, uh, after you saying that they're going to win two games out of there. Wow, we really need some more reviews. <sighs> All right. We're going to end this episode. Uh, thank you for watching. I'm Aaron. I'm Devereaux. And for Super Producer Jason, this was episode 197, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.